This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News. Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Well, with only a few days left in the 2022 state legislative session, there is now a push for the Vulnerable Child Compassion and Protection Act to be passed in the Alabama House. The bill is sponsored by state senators Shea Shelnut and Gerald Allen. The bill would make it illegal for a doctor to prescribe puberty blockers, transsex hormones, or surgeries for someone under the age of 19 in order for them to become a transgender. SB 184 has already passed the Alabama Senate and even the House Judiciary Committee. It just needs to be on the special order calendar to go to the full House for a vote. Eagle Forum of Alabama held a press conference on Thursday to raise awareness of the issue and to push for a vote before the ending of the legislative session. Two doctors joined the press conference along with the two bills sponsors 1890 news reporter craig monger caught up with dr bill whitaker as far as um cross-sex surgeries like vaginoplasties like how many clinics or uh, facilities do that in the state currently that would be privacy protected and uh information by hipaa protected for the patient's rights and privacy so we don't know we do know that children's hospital says that they're not doing any surgeries. But of course, um, gender dysphoria is a a very difficult suffering that these children go through. And our society has always tried to protect the most vulnerable. And these children have many uh, underlying vulnerable problems uh, in terms of depression, anxiety, childhood trauma, social issues. And our bill simply protects them from lifelong, irreversible, harmful, dangerous, and experimental chemicals, drugs, and surgeries at a time where minors are not capable of making that kind of forward-thinking, rational decision. The brain doesn't mature until age 25. Congressman Mo Brooks is signing on to a letter that was created by other U.S. House Republicans. That letter is being sent to the president of the National Collegiate Athletic Association. It challenges the NCAA president, Mark Emmert, for allowing a male to compete in female sports. In particular, the letter brings up the recent National College Championship swimming races in which Will Thomas won as a transgender swimmer. He refers to himself as Leah. The Republicans say in that letter that giving Thomas the win is both logic-defying and in contradiction to the Title IX of the Education Amendments Act of 1972. Brooks released a statement about the letter he signed on to saying that allowing males to compete in female athletics will kill what has taken women generations to achieve. Brooks says no amount of wishful thinking, hormone suppression, or surgery will change God's creation. City leadership in Montgomery is considering an ordinance that would reduce the number of vacant and worn-down homes and buildings in that city. A committee from within the city council held a meeting this week to seek out solutions to the problem and give the city more ability to take action. The city council is considering the creation of a land bank in which the city is able to purchase some of these dilapidated properties. Also, a review board to pull the property owners in that have unpaid taxes and require them to have a plan for future use. The ordinance will be in review by the city's legal department and should be available for the council to vote on by this May. The Highlands Park HOA president, Marion Ackley, spoke to WSFA News about this issue, saying these abandoned commercial buildings and houses only invite criminal activity, and that 
Something must be done. The Alabama Forestry Commission is providing updates on the wildfires that broke out earlier this week in Shelby County. Firefighters had to deal with 78 wildfires that burned over 2,800 acres due to the sustained winds with gusts of 40 miles per hour or more. All of that happened on March 30th. The Alabama Forestry Commission said that the firefighters have not had to deal with such challenging conditions since the drought of 2016, which brought on another spate of wildfires. So far, all the containment lines have been held. In case you missed it, the Alabama House passed a resolution in support of a female swimmer who recently competed in the National College Championship swim meet in Atlanta. 20-year-old Emma Wyant is on the swim team for the University of Virginia. She came in second in the Division I women's 500-yard freestyle. She was beat out by transgender swimmer from Penn State, Will Thomas, who goes by Leah. The Alabama state lawmakers followed what Florida Governor Ron DeSantis did earlier by recognizing Wyatt as the real winner, since she's a biological female swimmer competing against other biological female swimmers. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, President Joe Biden announces the release of more strategic reserve petroleum in the face of still rising gas prices. Today, I'm authorizing the release of one million barrels per day for the next six months, over 180 million barrels for the strategic, from, the, from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. This is a wartime bridge to increase oil supply until production ramps up later this year. And it is by far the largest release of our, net, of our national reserve in our history. Biden also told companies to start drilling for oil with the drilling leases that have been issued so far, calling it the use it or lose it policy. Right now, oil and gas industry is sitting on nearly 9,000 unused but approved permits for production on federal lands. Or more than a million unused acres they have a right to, to pump on. Families can't afford that companies sit on these their hands. So... To help execute this first part of my plan, I'm calling for a use it or lose it policy. Congress should make companies pay fees on wells on federal leases they haven't used in years and acres of public land they're hoarding without production. Companies that are already producing from these wells won't be affected, but those sitting on unused leases and idle wells will either have to start producing or pay the price for their inaction. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky is thanking the White House for sending $500 million in financial aid as they continue to deal with the Russian invasion. Zelensky is also indicating that this is still not enough money for them to beat back the Russian forces. A month prior to this, the U.S. sent $2 billion in humanitarian aid, and then Congress approved a $13 billion package for assisting Ukraine. Zelensky is now asking for fighter jets, tanks, aircraft, and artillery systems. The Biden administration is promoting the funding of gender reassignment surgeries for teens and children. The Population Affairs Division from within the Department of Health and Human Services has now posted a new document to the HHS website that promotes both chemical treatments and surgery, describing it as a necessary part of gender-affirming care for young people. The Biden administration is also now offering a non-binary U.S. passport where there's more than just a male or female option on the document. Instead, the person applying for the passport can mark an X to indicate that they are gender neutral. The Federal Election Commission is issuing a fine against the Democratic National Committee and the Hillary Clinton presidential campaign. 
The fine is for the Russia collusion scandal that was caused by a so-called dossier against 2016 opponent Donald Trump that turned out to be completely falsified. The FEC says that Clinton and the DNC violated campaign rules on expenditures and payments by funneling over a million dollars of the Clinton campaign dollars to the opposition research that was done by Fusion GPS to create the dossier. Clinton claimed at the time that the money was being spent for legal advice and services from the law firm Perkins Coie. That law firm ended up being a front for what Fusion GPS was up to. The state of Wisconsin is undergoing a similar election analysis to what was done in Georgia a few months ago by the organization known as True the Vote. At the Capitol in Wisconsin, there was a hearing at the Legislative Assembly in which those from True the Vote revealed what they discovered about dirty voter rolls, ballot drop boxes, and ballot traffickers. Here's Greg Phillips. We believe that 7% of the mail-in ballots, uh, approximately 1.9 million, I think, here in Wisconsin, were cast as a result of trafficking. It, it doesn't really matter which of the, the thousand front war uh, samples or which of the types of insurgencies are, um, are, are developing and, um, and are, are causing these ballots to be cast. Um, it seems to always shake down in about this same 7% or so. The challenge that, that we as Americans face, and as Catherine pointed out in her opening comments, that you know this was the most secure election in history. We've all heard all the, all the um, media's take on all of this. But this is a number that should concern everyone. There's 4.8 million votes that were cast nationally or so in this fashion. And if you consider that, that, you know, some of the elections in some of the states were pretty close, uh, you know, Georgia being one, your state, Arizona, you know, and the, some of the ones we looked at, it, it, it really is um, um, troubling that, that this could have happened. And I think that our view is that any community in this country of any size, whether it's you know a tiny little place like San Luis, or a you know super huge place like Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, that the same concepts were developed, and that's why the numbers stay the same, because they identify. It's a it's a it's an organized crime. It was perpetrated on Americans by advancing um, bad process, dirty voter rolls. Um, <clears throat> ballot boxes, um, all sorts of mail-in ballot capabilities, um, and you roll all that up, and, it, and it's quite evident to those of us that have spent the last 15 months of our lives um, developing these numbers that this was indeed an organized crime that was perpetrated on Americans. Two groups in Florida have filed a lawsuit against that state's government for the newly signed Parental Rights in Education Law. Homosexual activists have dubbed it the Don't Say Gay Law. In their lawsuit, they allege that the law is demeaning of their rights and an infringement of the First Amendment. The law prohibits the teaching of gender identity or sexuality to grades K through third grade in public schools in Florida. 
The Equality Florida and the National Center for Lesbian Rights are the two groups launching the lawsuit just a few days after Governor Ron DeSantis signed it into law. At that signing, DeSantis launched into a pretty fiery speech about protecting children from being inundated with sexual material and concepts at an early age. We will continue to recognize that in the state of Florida, parents have a fundamental role in the education, health care, and well-being of their children. We will not move from that. I don't care what corporate media outlets say. I don't care what Hollywood says. I don't care what big corporations say. Here I stand. I'm not backing down. A North Carolina congressman is getting called to account for statements he made as a guest on a podcast. 26-year-old Madison Cawthorn told the Warrior Poet Society that he had been invited to orgies in Washington, D.C. by members of Congress, as well as seen some of those members engage in taking cocaine. House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy came out later this week to refer to that podcast after having met with Cawthorn. McCarthy says that Republican colleagues want Cawthorn to name names and where this all occurred. McCarthy himself also says that Cawthorn has exaggerated those claims and as such lost McCarthy's trust. The minority leader says he's frustrated with Cawthorn and told him he can't make statements like that as a member of Congress. Cawthorn has yet to make a public statement that either bolsters or denies what he said earlier this week. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. Make sure to check out the 1819 News podcast where host Brian Dawson speaks with gubernatorial candidate Lindy Blanchard about what led up to her appointment as the ambassador to Slovenia during the Trump administration. You talked about excellence and moving up in the trajectory. That's one thing that highlighted my resume is the fact that I had started a business and then moved into starting a successful nonprofit that worked in this state and then ended up going in and out of D.C. trying to do better for the nonprofit because I wasn't an expert on orphans and adoption policies, but I wanted to be that expert and uh, going on Capitol Hill, not asking for money, but asking for advice on how I can do better was um, a way I got to know a lot of members, not just our members here in the state, but across the United States that really were focused on orphans and adoption policies. And I was able to learn that way. And that's when my resume was highlighted two weeks after the election, I was asked to apply for a position, and it was not for the ambassadorship. People don't um, know that. They they assume that I applied for the ambassadorship first, but I was asked to apply for USAID administrator. So that's all the foreign aid that the United States spends abroad. And with my work abroad, I um, saw how much misuse of U.S. money abroad was um, being spent, and I wanted to be that partner to reel in our U.S. funding abroad and spend it in a better way. And there were people on Capitol Hill that wanted me to lead that um, USAID administrative sector, and uh, a former congressional member that had worked the world got the position. I had only worked in 14 countries plus Alabama, and I was thankful after God's provision showed me that uh, my resume was highlighted and the First Lady liked my diversity and the fact that I'd adopted five children. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
You can find more of that podcast on the 1819 News website under the podcast tab. If you're enjoying the daily detail and want to get those reports directly to your phone, be sure to subscribe, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. And while you're at it, send a link to a friend and see if they enjoy the reports as well. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back on Monday. Until then, have a fantastic weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 